0: The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only.
1: Listeners out in listener land this is in tune with Arnold Stricker and Ellie Wharton hey we're glad you're listening today folks we're just
2: glad you're still like you know alive that you aren't like buried under snow and cold oh and- hey
1: we got a heat wave we gotta play that song <laughs> got a heat wave got a
2: heat wave yeah it's how about that weather?
1: Yeah, get those swimsuits out, folks, and those surfboards, because we're ready to surf down those whatever remaining snow mounds are there.
2: Yeah, this week was just unbelievable.
1: In a to our weekly broadcast, which focuses and reflects on issues that impact and connects our community in the greater St. Louis area. Our topics include the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, history, housing, humor, and justice. We're going to listen to a interview that we did last summer with Dr. Terry Jones from the University of Missouri-St. Louis and talk about the history of how St. Louis City and St. Louis County got separated. This will be part one. Part two will be next week when we're going to talk about the Better Together document that came out. Yeah. I'm going to dissect that over this next week, and then two weeks from today, Dr. Terry Jones is going to do a follow-up interview with us and talk about Better Together and some things we should look for and some things we should be doing as citizens of the St. Louis metropolitan area. And, and,
2: And, you know, the thing is, is that we've been hearing about this and hearing about this, and now it's finally right in our faces.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's really in our faces.
2: It really is in our faces. We have no more time to wait. So people have to stay in tune.
1: If you miss us for some reason or you can't listen to us the entire time, you can always catch us on SoundCloud or iTunes at Intune, K-W-R-H, Intune Radio Show. So we're going to listen to interview with Dr. Terry Jones from the University of Missouri, St. Louis. Dr. Jones, Terry, how are you? I'm fine. Yourself? Very good, sir. Thank you very much. We've got Ellie Wharton, a uh, co-host here.
2: Hello there, how are you? Yes, I do remember seeing you. I mean, here, well, seeing you and hearing you at the Alliance for Interracial Dignity, um, and I just want to say you were awesome.
0: Well, you're very kind.
2: No, you're just very smart. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's lay it down where it is. He's kind and smart. He is kind and smart and so informative. My goodness.
1: Dr. Jones is a professor emeritus at the University of Missouri, St. Louis. Uh, He's a Ph.D. from Georgetown University. He's the author of three books, The Metropolitan Chase. Politics and Policies in Urban America, Fragmented by Design, Why St. Louis Has So Many Governments. That's a great book, folks. And Conducting Political Research. I say the second one's great because I haven't read the other two yet. <laughs> uh, he's uh, dozens of scholarly articles, book chapters, technical reports. He's a consultant of more than 70 governmental and nonprofit organizations. So we we welcome you to In Tune. And I guess one of the things uh, when I had had contacted you, I said, everybody in St. Louis really needs to read this book. And the reason I said that was because it gives so much historical background on why we are in some of the situations the way we are.
0: Well, I very much enjoyed writing it. Uh, I give a lot of talks in the community, and I was doing that through from the 1970s forward, I kept getting asked the question, why does St. Louis have so many governments? And my response is, was, that's a very good question, but it really takes a little while to answer it. Let me just give you a thumbnail. So a, a couple of friends, one of whom was Ben Shamel, uh, the former mayor of the city of St. Louis, said, why don't you write it up? And we'll get uh, have it published as a book. So I took uh, the summer of 2000 and did write it up, and that's Fragmented by Design.
1: Well, it gives... Uh Historically, we, we actually went into the uh, first chapter and talked about the divorce, and mm-hmm. we w- went into the Constitutional Convention of 1875, and I, I know I did not do as uh, well of a job as you did explaining it. We were trying to get through it to be able to talk about some of the— Municipalities that we have, why we have all these municipalities, and then efforts uh, that have been made to link the uh, city and county back together. I think I was going back and I counted seven attempts back from the 1920s, including one as recently as uh, I think it was 2013, which was get my notes of the Better Together together group. And yeah,
0: it's a Better Together started actually in 2014 and okay. it's still in existence, and it has a task force working on the issue, which. Uh, by their announcements should be issuing its report shortly
2: I, i do know that because i'm part of the chamber of commerce that i'm seeing that they are hitting up the the regional chamber of commerce in terms of speaking opportunities to really continue to push this you know to the regional uh chambers
0: yeah what's unclear is what this is in terms of what better together task force and better together itself might recommend
1: Because I know there were some statistics and graphs that were put out on the amount of – many times people think, well, one government's going to have – or many governments are going to spend more money or they're going to spend less money. And I thought those graphs were very revealing in that it really was – counterintuitive to what you would normally think, because you really kind of maintain that we've done a lot of these things in an incremental way, and and St. Louis should continue incrementally to, when well, I don't want to use the word merge, consolidate things together. Am I correct in my thinking? Uh, yeah. uh, St. Louis have?
0: has been criticized too much by itself, not simply others, uh, for not being regional um, and comparisons being made to places like indianapolis and louisville and jacksonville and nashville uh... but the fact is we are very regional we've just done it in a different way we have not become regional by consolidating General-purpose governments. We become more regional by establishing a large number of special districts and alliances and coalitions that work in a collaborative fashion together across county boundaries to accomplish something. Uh, lots of examples. Uh, the zoo museum district would be the one that's probably most familiar to your listeners and to all of us. But the Metropolitan Sewer District, and again, it's, there's a list. is about 30 uh, agencies or entities long. Uh, and most recently, that's been things like Great Rivers Greenway in 2000, in 2013, the uh, city and the county merged essentially their economic development agencies.
1: Yeah, and those kinds of uh, successes have have really spawned other kinds of groups, regionalism together to to merge uh, activities that for the benefit of of everyone. I know there have been some recent attempts. I uh, know recently here in uh, Rock Hill and Richmond Heights. I believe it also. Uh, there's three other municipalities, maybe Maplewood. We're trying to consolidate their fire departments together. Are those the kind of things that you see need to take place in the county a little bit more? Or what are your thoughts on that?
0: That's the that's the approach that I think is best followed, and that is to say, uh, voluntary collaboration rather than forced merger. You're right. Uh, Rock, uh, Rock Hill, Glendale, uh, particularly, we're talking about uh, combining their two fire departments. And at the moment, that doesn't seem like it's likely to happen, but it probably will be back on the agenda. But um, if we look at North County, for example, the North County Cooperative now is uh, providing police services in several North County municipalities, which in turn have closed down their police forces. Uh, And we can see if looking back just a little bit further, uh, that many communities in St. Louis County municipalities are contracting out their police services Usually with St. Louis County, examples would include Fenton and Wildwood.
1: Talk a little bit about why we came up with now, what is it, uh, 97 suburbs or or 88 or 87? uh, Well,
0: yeah, it's 88 at the moment. Uh, It's it's been as high as 97. Uh, That peak was reached in the 1950s. Well, if we start the story back at the uh, turn of the century, the tw- turn of the 20th century, uh, when people started to move in in larger numbers to St. Louis County, St. Louis County's population in the early 20th century was about 100,000 people. Uh, by 1950, it was 400,000. By 1970, it was a million. There were two bursts of suburbanization. The first was a, a, it started, though, with a 10 or 12 municipalities, including Webster Groves, that go back to the ni- to the 19th century They were either very close in, such as Clayton or University City, or they were on railroad lines that enabled commuting from that suburb to the downtown rail suburbs. Kirkwood, Webster Groves and Ferguson would be the best examples of those. Ferguson on the Wabash Line and Webster Groves and Kirkwood on what was then the Missouri Pacific Line. The first burst in the 1930s was Motivated primarily by the larger number of people moving to the county and then the decision about whether or not, particularly with times tough during the Depression, you wanted somebody to annex you because you were unincorporated or you wanted to go it alone uh and not have have autonomy a good example of that would be Clayton which is within, uh, one of our older suburbs going back to the 19th century was having problems financially in terms of providing municipal services in the 1930s and said boy there's some really nice estates just west of us um, uh, it would be nice if we annexed that and it would be easy to do under the then existing state law but as that movement started within Clayton, those people who own those estates said, well, yeah, we don't want to be Clara Clayton. We'd better be part of our own municipality. Let's incorporate and let's call ourselves Ladoo. Amazing. So th-
2: and, you so know, it's had- interesting, too, because right here in Webster, where we had North Webster, when I was growing up, we were unincorporated. And then later on, we were became incorporated and we could take, you know, part of community issues, you know, services, things like that.
0: Yeah, the uh, there were a relatively. That gets back to the issue of race. Also, there were a few pockets of which North Webster and Meacham Park and were Meacham examples. Meacham Park, that's right. Of African American communities or largely African American communities that were unincorporated, which presented still another issue. Um, but that was then in, in North County, uh, a lot of the subdivisions, uh, the developers of those subdivisions, uh, wanted to maintain control over the zoning process and wanted to be able to say potential bothers, here's our plans, uh, it's going to be this type of community, uh, and in order to have zoning laws that will make that happen, we need to be a municipality. So we're going to form a little small municipality, we'll call it a Bell Ridge or be- Bell Reef Acres or Bell Noor, uh, so that that was the creation of the, the North County municipality the suburbs, uh, most of which came into being in the 1930s. And then the the other burst, the uh, even larger burst, was in the late 1940s into the mid 1950s, as people really hit, we really had an explosion. About roughly 30,000 people were added to the county every year between 1940, pardon me, between 1950 and 1970. Uh, and again, the choice was let's inform our own municipality rather than stay unincorporated or uh, become part of an existing municipality.
2: Now, where were um, the people coming from? Were they new, you know, transplants into the city or just people who used to live rurally that now chose to move closer in?
0: Both, but primarily people moving out from the city of St. Louis to St. Louis County. Okay. Okay. And, and so that this is not seen as if it had to happen this way or was a necessity. If we take a more recent example, St. Charles County, which went from 100,000 people in 1970 to over 350,000 people today, it has not had a burst of new municipalities. Instead, what were then small municipalities like St. Peter's or O'Fallon have annexed and annexed and annexed again, and both now have well over 60,000 population. St. Louis County could have, that would, would be what St. Louis County would have looked like if it had taken that approach,
1: that's interesting. Can you go back and do a little retro uh, and do a quick synopsis of how that city county uh, divorce happened?
0: Well, the commercial leadership in the city of St. Louis uh, did not like being part of this of St. Louis County, which it was. Uh, didn't like being part of the state of Missouri, for that matter. <laughs> and so, it was looking for a way to get it, get its authority and autonomy. As as removed as possible from uh, the rural rubes in St. Louis County, and that for matter, the rural rubes in Jefferson City, uh... and it took advantage of the Constitutional Convention of 1875. The delegates from St. Louis, the city of St. Louis, to say, you know, this is an issue for us. If you just let us be our own committee, we'll take care of it, and we can put it in the Constitution the way we want it. And the rest of the uh, delegates, not all of them, but most of them, said, okay, you work it out, uh, and then. We'll debate it at the end, and if we like it, we'll ratify it. So that they provided a mechanism uh, through in the 1875 Constitution where the city could separate itself from St. Louis County, uh, first of all. And secondly, uh, there was a new concept called Home Rule. Um, up until then, cities uh, could only do what the state legislature said they could do, and they had to go— look at the state constitutions, state statutes, to see what they were permitted to to do. Um, The concept was, well, let's reverse that. Why don't we let cities develop their own constitutions? We'll call them charters so we won't confuse them with state or national constitutions. And they can have what we'll call home rule. And so the city of St. Louis got the home rule provision added to an option in the 1875 Constitution, indeed, city of St. Louis became the first home rule city in the United States.
1: Wow, wow. Now, I, I had this question as I was reading through your book. Why does this city-county thing have to go to the legislature? Why, why are they involved with statewide voting, like when there were these potential— Uh, mergers and remarriages back and forth? Was it because of that Dillon's rule? Or what's the reason that has to be a statewide vote versus, like, the city just votes and the county votes and they decide amongst themselves? It can
0: happen either way. Uh, So the rules that the St. Louis delegation put into the 1875 Constitution contain a mechanism that uh, would makes it a concurrent vote, concurrent majorities, for the city and the county to vote on it. You can also then, since it's the Constitution, you can also amend the Constitution so that you can provide another way to happen, for that to happen. And an amendment to the Constitution under the Missouri Constitution requires a statewide vote. So some of the attempts to merge the city and the county have been through that device. Uh, the Borough Plan, for example, in the early 1960s. Uh, the others have been by having a board of freeholders, or which would now be called a board of electors, propose a plan which would require which would be voted on only by the uh, citizens of the city of St. Louis and St. Louis County, and would require concurrent majorities in each uh, each jurisdiction.
2: I know that that is a particular issue that really raises the hackles of the voters in this region. The thought that people from Kansas City, Jefferson City, Springfield, Hannibal, all over would have the right to vote on what happens here in this region.
0: And that has resulted in several, indeed a large number, municipalities in St. Louis County recently within the last year or so uh, passing resolutions expressing their, their their disapproval of having people outside the city and the county participate in that decision.
2: So actually that whole thing has come about it's kind of been organic, right? So it wasn't a part of the issue from the very beginning. The, the county residents municipalities made it the issue. Is that correct?
0: They have in terms of the the they're concerned there were, there was some indication and more than a rumor but less than something that's documented that the some forces uh... probably within better together uh... might think there would be a better chance of, of an improved chance of having city county consolidation uh... if the entire state voted on it because according to these speculations uh, that the public opinion in St. Louis County, especially, uh, would not be favorable, and that would, if you just had a concurrent majority, there would not be a majority in St. Louis County, so it would not happen. Um, and a couple of leading members of the legislature, primarily uh, President Pro Tem uh, Richards in the Senate, uh, said, you know, book, I'd be open to that," and that caused in a counter movement uh, by the municipalities in St. Louis County to express their significant amount of disapproval of that hoping that that would create some political pressure that would lead, would lead to its not happening which and in, indeed that seems to have worked talk about that in the legislature was what which was occurring uh, a year or plus ago did not did not happen in this last session this last session
1: it, it almost seems like if you look back on the history of this that the roles have been reversed that the the city they were the ones who were strong arming they were the ones who who didn't really have any need for the county because they felt they were their power was being uh, controlled and and now and, and they they said, well, you know, the county's going to—they're going to suck all this—we're going to have all their debt and everything like that. And now everything's reversed, where a county is now saying, yeah, well, now the city has all this debt, and we don't know that we want to do this. And it seems like the county's in the position because they have the larger population now again. Is that a sense that's very, that that's
0: very That's a very astute observation and very close—and indeed mirrors what has happened. Um, in the late 19th century, the city was—saw itself as the darling and the county as, as the poor— cousin, and the country cousin. And that was even the case in the 1920s when the city said, well, maybe we made a mistake, fenced ourselves in too much. Uh, why don't we rejoin the county? But on our terms and under our control, we'll wipe out county government, we'll wipe out all the municipalities in St. Louis County, and uh, we'll, and the city government would become the government for both the city of St. Louis and St. Louis County. Now, the the most recent up until now, speculation about that that led to documents, which was in the 1980s, never led to a vote, never was a formal proposal, but got to the level, as I mentioned, as a written document, would have had St. Louis County taking over the city of St. Louis. And the the government would essentially be the form that the St. Louis County government currently has. So yes, we've gone from who's, who's the desirable part of the marriage to who's not the desirable part. The roles have been reversed
1: question, and this relates to Article 9, uh, Dr. Jones, is uh, since, I'm reading from your book right now, since there was always the possibility that separation might not be achieved, the city decided consolidation would be better than the status quo. In order to preserve this as an option, the Committee on St. Louis Affairs had another section added to Article 9 stating that, quote, in all counties having a city therein containing over 100,000 inhabitants, the city and county governments thereof may be consolidated in such a manner as may be provided by law. Is that articles still in effect in which there still could be a consolidation under that under that uh, provision
0: and indeed it's been amended subsequently so that there's basically any option would be constitutionally uh, 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 acceptable so in that that was added in the 1940s when the constitution was rewritten that's the last time that we've had a for lack of a better term a complete review and rewrite of our constitution in the state so now under the Constitution, anything, all, basically anything the city and the county wanted to do and was approved by a majority of the vote, voters in each jurisdiction, it could do.
2: Now, let me ask you, Dr. Jones, if this were to happen, would there be one municipal tax? Because like, for instance, you can pay one tax rate in Maplewood that is different than what you would pay in certain parts of Brentwood, which is different than... Webster's tax. So would it now all become one tax?
0: And like a seven. percent Oh that's
2: quite an answer, Dr. Jones. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: the um the process would be establishing a board of electors and the article in the Constitution tells how that would happen. Uh it would have members from both the city and the county, plus one appointed by the governor who does not live in the city and the county. It would have a year to write a plan. That plan would then go to a vote of the people who require a majority in both the city and the county in order to be approved. So it depends on what they put in the plan. And and indeed the plan might not even speak to that. It might say that the tax rates will be sent be set after the plan is approved. So will they answer all of those kinds of questions in the plan? Probably not. Would that lead to some confusion and ambiguity and questioning? Probably yes. Uh, which would make, is another reason why it would be di- very difficult for this to happen, this being a large-scale consolidation of St. Louis City and St. Louis County.
1: And I think that's one of the things we're trying to lay out for people, because many times the only thing what you hear about consolidation or about merger, I hate to even use the word merger, is uh, what we hear from the media, print media or television or radio, and uh, that's one reason, You I know, mean, I'm, I'm a proponent of of what I've read here in your book on fragmented by design because it gives it lays some groundwork for people to to chew on and go oh that makes sense or that that's why that is the way that is and it also highlights um, what you were talking about the first part of this half hour when we were talking about the suburbs and and why the explosion of those and a lot of that had to do with of uh, annexation had to do with the population had to do with uh, maintaining a certain kind of um, lifestyle that maybe uh, people wanted and,
2: and you know we do have- have a text that came in in relationship to what we're talking about right now chris is going to read the text to us it says
0: yeah texter says uh those who lived in the city have moved to the county the roles haven't changed the persons taking those stances have only jumped borders uh, yes and no i would argue that the proponents are always looking uh, our opponents are always based on what their interests are in their respective jurisdictions
1: we're going to come back to this interview. We're going to take a break here uh, shortly. This is an interview with Dr. Terry Jones from the University of Missouri, St. Louis. This is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton of Intune. You're listening to KWRHLP, 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri. Welcome back to In Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton. And Ellie, we've got this interview going with uh, Dr. Terry Jones, just really giving a broad overview for our listeners about this city-county discussion that's going on.
2: And it is so vital that people make themselves aware of what is going on. Last year when we were talking about it, it probably seemed a little bit far away. But now it is, as we said earlier, it's right in our faces And we need to understand the implications, because these implications will be wide-ranging.
1: It's very much in our face, front page, all the news broadcasts, etc. like that. We want you to be informed citizens. It's important to be informed and knowledgeable about what's going on. So we're going to continue our interview with Dr. Terry Jones from the University of Missouri-St. Louis. This is part one. Part two next week, we're going to be talking about Better Together. Part three, two weeks from today, Dr. Jones will uh, be on again, to discuss better together and some thoughts that he has related to that. Now, at the end of this broadcast, uh, this particular half hour, you'll get a chance to hear where you can receive his book. It is out of print, and he will send you, a, uh, not his book, but the PDF of that. So stay tuned to this. Also stay tuned to our second hour with artist Anthony Goode. This is Dr. Terry Jones from University of Missouri-St. Louis. We have Dr. Terry Jones on line with us from University of Missouri St. Louis. We've been talking about St. Louis City and St. Louis County regionalism, towards a more regionalistic approach—the St. Louis approach—and we've been talking about a little about the history of the Great Divorce, how the suburban explosion took place, and we had a a text. Chris, would you repeat that text again, and then we'll have Dr. Jones respond. Sure, Arnold. I'll be happy
0: to. Uh, the texter says, "Those who lived in the city." have moved to the county. The roles have not changed. The persons taking those stances have only jumped borders. And to the extent that that observation, which is a very astute one, is correct, is that it's not the, we've gone from rich city, middle class, to poor county, to rich county, not not across the board, but compared to the city, yes, and poor to middle class city. Um, Where it's a little imprecise is that There's been a lot of people moving in and out from outside the St. Louis area to inside the St. Louis area. So, but by and large, it's a very uh, accurate observation.
1: Now, I know, and maybe I'm uh, misinterpreting, I'm I'm looking at a um, – some – figures here this is uh, data from the East West Gateway Coordinating uh, Council of Governments where we stand sixth edition and it talks about there's a quadrant of uh, uh, per capita local government spending by municipal density and uh, on the left side of the graph if listeners can visualize this uh, on the uh, y axis is the amount of money from 0 to 10,000 the, the x axis is population and St. Louis comes in as having more municipalities spending less per capita okay. and and I guess my question about that, Terry, is if those municipalities were all joined together in one government, would that change?
0: You know, w- one of the um, uh, problems is that some of better together's research has very been very well done, and others as other parts of it, it have been a bit sloppy and inaccurate. Uh, and scholars such as myself and Mark Trandel and others in the region have certainly let. Better together, know about our concerns, and they've uh, acknowledged that they got our message but have not changed their numbers. That's particularly the comparison from uh, Indianapolis, Marion County, and Indiana compared to the combined St. Louis City, St. Louis County on local government expenditures per capita. But on the larger picture, and the, the information that you're citing from the East West Gateway, where we stand report, is the larger picture. Um, There is, across the United States, no close relationship between the amount of money spent per capita on local government services and the number of local governments you have in that jurisdiction per capita. So more governments does not necessarily mean uh, more expenditures. Um, Why is that the case? Well, if you have one or you have a small number of larger governments, they typically, uh, it's called the Leviathan process or concept, uh, they typically become very bureaucratic and the staff expenses grow disproportionately. With smaller municipalities, yes, you have more mayors, more police chiefs, more fire chiefs, and so you have a slightly higher layer of expenditure there. On the other hand, you invoke a good deal of competition because, well, I could move to the municipality next to me pretty similar housing stock, maybe even the same school district, and if they're doing a better job of providing quality services at a lower cost, they are going to have that advantage, and that's going to keep everybody a bit more on the on their toes. It also is going to provide an incentive, as it has in St. Louis County, for example, for municipalities to share certain services uh, so that they get the advantages of economies of scale. So, in any case, the, the notion of let's combine government so, so it'll cost less doesn't hold up when you look at it closely.
1: Because, you know, one, and one of the interesting things is that you just brought up is is relates to if you have a community, and I'll, I'll refer to the community that we're in, Reps, Webster Groves, doesn't have a large commercial base as compared to like a Brentwood or a Kirkwood, and so thus – the tax rate structure is going to be quite a bit different uh, or like a chesterfield is going to be a, a whole lot different and then you talk about the sales tax pool that is that money that's distributed out and the pros and the cons of that that try to balance some of those things out uh, how, how does that all come into play with how suburbs try to uh, work with each other and yet community members like well i like that over in brentwood maybe i'll move there but there's other things that they may not like
0: one of the uh, not so good aspects of having a large number of municipalities, combined with a sales tax system where you have the option, or uh, to uh, keep all the sales taxes or most of the sales taxes, retail sales, collected in your jurisdiction, in your jurisdiction, is what are wars, if you will, uh, between or among municipalities for uh, retail and some retail outlets uh understandably although regrettably uh take advantage of that to try to strike the best possible deal Let the mo- one example would have been uh, the promenade in Brentwood which and also the Walmart in on Hanley Road in Maplewood uh both of which uh were solicited heavily by the respective municipalities in order to ec- uh expand the sales tax base Webster Groves traditionally has rejected that approach. It doesn't want those type of developments. It understands that they would be financially uh, beneficial, but they don't like the the ambiance or the lack of ambiance that they would create. If you go back far enough, for example, the shopping when the shopping center concept arrived in San Luis County in the 1960s. The people that were developing Crestwood Mall really wanted it to be in Webster Groves, but Webster Groves said, We don't want it. Uh, and Crestwood said, Oh, we'll take it. Uh, and that's now that for 20, actually more like 30 to 40 years, that was good news for Crestwood. But as the shopping center uh, became more dead malls than alive ones, and outlet malls became then the rage, and now uh, e commerce, uh, Crestwood ended up only having a few decades of prosperity as a result of that development.
1: Now, we've uh, mentioned uh, briefly uh, how incremental metropolitanism through special districts, uh, like we talked about the sanitary waste, storm water, solid waste, education, cultural institutions, public safety, transportation, tourism, sports venues, parks, open spaces, health care for the indigent economic development. I know that you really consider that a a focal point at which really city and county, and I will also include Jefferson, St. Charles, probably Franklin. Lincoln and the east side groups over there, St. Clair, Madison, really need to work together to have some kind of um, more metropolitanism uh, for the area. Where, where do you see that incremental metropolitanism kind of going to uh, really link us up regionally in in, a, in what you say in your last chapter, a new regionalism?
0: All right. First of all, let me start with why that we do that particularly well. We've done it well. We know how to do it. We do not know how to consolidate in our large-scale well. We've, every time we tried, we'd fail. So my first point is uh, let's try con- repeating the things we've done well, the process, uh, because that's going to have get us to an appropriate level of regionalism uh, sooner than a failed attempt, several failed attempts, that take all the oxygen, civic energy out of the room, such as large-scale consolidation. Uh, in terms of uh, items that would bear fruitful discussion first are expanding some of our special districts to include more counties some of the ones we've done more recently like Great Rivers Greenway do include St. Charles County along with St. Louis County and St. Louis City but others could really much very much benefit from St. Charles County being part of them in particular now that it's a such a major part of our region the Topic areas that would be very ripe for discussion, in addition to expanding our current ones, would be public health. The city, starting with the St. Louis City and St. Louis County, uh, merging their public health efforts. They have some joint programs together already, uh, but going beyond that. Uh, Another would be a regional uh, airport authority. Uh, St. Louis County owns an airport, Spirit. Uh, the city of St. Louis owns an airport, Lambert. Madison County in Illinois owns an airport, Bethalto. The bi-state owns an airport, uh, so-called downtown St. Louis Airport, which is in St. Clair County. Having a combined, and then, then there's Mid-Air, Mid-America Airport that St. Clair County owns, also um, in Illinois. Uh, having a joint plan to make the, possible, the maximum advantage of having those airports would be a benefit to the region.
1: Now, I, I see... Um... I think about Metrolink expansion. You know, talking about transportation a little bit, and knowing that many times, uh, I know St. Louis County, uh, St. Charles County, has voted down having Metrolink come out there. And people are like, uh, you know, they, they pull their hair out when they go. Well, I don't know if I want that down my neighborhood. And I I think, and maybe this is not really a, a question for you. Maybe it's more of a comment by me. That why do people not want that? Uh, is it because of the lack of safety? Is it because they feel uh, un, unruly people will be coming out, and crime now will come out to their neighborhood, and uh, people can just get on um, mass transit and get away.
0: Uh, that interpretation has been large, very much overblown, um, and it tends to go back to a one instance in which St. Charles County did vote against taxing itself to um, join by state and, and fund possibly any, the expansion of Metrolink. If you look inside that story, um, uh, the you'll see that the notion then was the, the line that goes from downtown through the central west end out by Umsel to the airport would be extended, then go across the Missouri River into St. Charles County. Late in that campaign, St. Louis County, when asked whether or not they would support exp- and, by dollars, expanding um the line because they would have to pay their tab for getting the line from the airport to the missouri river where st charles county and st louis county join i uh, said no not particularly um and so st st charles county leadership that was pushing uh joining uh by state and becoming part of metro and so we're left holding a bag saying well I, you, you all the voters are going to have to tax themselves, but we cannot guarantee uh, that the St. Louis County would go along with extending the line, which means you might be voting for uh, something that would not happen. So that caused the, the measure, which was by polling, passing to dip about 10 percentage points, so it went from the mid-50s to the mid-40s. Um, so, uh, but the larger point here is have, in having a more regional public transit system would be another example of incremental regionalism that's very much worth discussing.
1: You know, I I think about when Highway 40, Interstate 64, Highway 40, or if you're from South City, Highway 40, that if going down, they tore that all up from basically 270 all the way down into the city. And what a great opportunity it would be to put a nice tunnel underneath there for future um, uh, mass transit. Expansion, but we we just seem to always kind of either we're a, a day late and a dollar short with our thinking, or I don't I don't know would would that be another indication of some kind of uh, consolidation and some uh, regionalism that we're actually working together? But I know that invo- involved the federal government also.
0: Yeah, our governmental structure is not the major reason that we do not have an ex- a more expansive public transit system. It's the fact that we are spread out, which is linked to having a lot of governments, but it's not the same thing as it. Um, metropolitan areas like ours and Dallas-Ford, where we can talk about it, many outside the New Yorks, Chicagos of this world are less densely populated, which makes building a viable public transit system more difficult and more challenging. Uh, and that, that's a challenge that we face whenever we go to design a new Metrolink line. But there's also the uh, St. Louis risk-adverse approach. Um, uh, So Atlanta, for example, or let's take a more recent example, Denver within the last 10 years voted a fairly massive sales tax increase throughout the region to significantly expand its light rail system. So you could ask the question, why didn't we do that? Why didn't St. Louis do that? And the answer is that it's very difficult in terms of convincing a majority of St. Louis voters to take a big step rather than a small step. We're for incrementalism. We're a little more leery, indeed a lot more leery, about things that might be jumping, or we think might be jumping off a cliff.
1: That, ma- that makes perfect sense to me. You know, we have had success incrementally and, and not on the big things, where where people have, have sought, uh, uh, seen a consolidation of power or my power, like if I'm... Uh, I'm a city council member, I'm a mayor of of a small municipality, that now I'm going to lose that and to some larger group. And even, you know, I saw that with, uh, at least this is what was communicated, that I, that I comprehended from the information about the consolidation of the fire departments was that uh, there was great consolidation, but there wasn't the consolidation in the administrative end, which was where a lot of the money went. Um, and that's one reason that people withdrew from that at the time. And hopefully, uh, you know, you don't need five chiefs if you're consolidating. You need one chief, you've got one uh, central 911, you've got, uh, you know, you centralize all those things, but you don't need all of these, um, these sub chiefs.
2: But then what happens to all of these qualified people, what happens to all the chiefs and the mayors and the city administrators and all of those people who hold jobs, would we actually be losing these people because they have to go somewhere else in order to find work?
0: Well, the mayors are basically—that's a part-time position. The pay is typically a few thousand dollars a year. They're not in it for the money. The city administrators and city managers typically—you only have those once your municipality is up above a certain size, ballpark five thousand population or more. Um, so, when we're talking about having fewer municipalities, we're People typically are thinking, of, are thinking of those that number in the 100 to 1,000 range rather than the, the larger ones. Um, so there would not be a dramatic change in employment opportunities. Um, there are also people very much value in St. Louis, uh, and it's a plus of our governmental system, that you know the mayor, you know your council person, because the, the, the ratio between the number of voters and that individual is pretty low, and that makes them more approachable. And that gives you a greater sense of ownership in your community.
1: You know, it's been a fascinating uh, conversation with you uh, today. Uh, Dr. Terry Jones has been our guest on InTune, and we've been talking about the uh, great divorce between St. Louis City and St. Louis County and uh, how all of our suburbs came about, what kind of incremental metropolitanism that we've uh, already have uh, existing within our communities, and what a new regionalism would look like. I I really highly recommend his book, uh, even though it's it's, uh, What Terry is it? What ten years old now?
0: Uh, it's uh, actually uh, eighteen years old. Uh, let me, oh, 18, the, Wow. The, the, I've had problems with out, numbers today. Let, let me. <laughs> I'm going to let me make an offer to you and your listeners. Uh, the book went out of print a few years ago. Books don't stay in print. It, it sold very well. Thank you all. But still, people that ask me regularly, can I get a copy? Uh, I put. A, I made. Thanks to the university, we have a PDF copy. Uh, which I'm happy to send to anybody, and I, I, rather than the publisher, hold the copy right now. So let me give you slowly my email, and anybody who would like a PDF copy, I would be delighted to send them one. Okay, here's the email. Go right ahead. Okay. Terry, that's T-E-R-R-Y, dot Jones, J-O-N-E-S, at UMSL.edu. Gary. Jones at UMSL.edu.
1: And that's to receive a Dr. Jones book, Fragmented by Design, Why St. To Louis. Receive
0: a PDF copy. A PDF
1: copy, correct. Yeah, thank you. A PDF copy, Why St. Louis Has So Many Governments. Terry, thanks very, very much. We appreciate it and would love to have you on in the future to uh, as, as we revisit this, as we hear more about uh, some uh, quote-unquote consolidation efforts and also on some other areas that you uh, uh, have an expertise in. It would really be helpful to have our listeners uh, get your viewpoint and understanding. I greatly appreciate you coming on today.
0: Well, thanks to you and Ellie for having me on the show.
1: We greatly appreciate it. You take care, sir. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, That was Dr. Cherry Jones last July, Ellie, and his interview is very pertinent today, knowing that the Better Together information has finally come out in the executive summary, and then I think their regular document is about 160 pages long.
2: Now imagine how confusing that is going to be for the people in this region. Imagine now, people in Hannibal, people in Cape Toronto, Springfield, Kansas City. If they're expected to vote on this, what a fiasco this could turn out to be for our region.
1: Well, and as we heard from him in the interview, the state can vote, but that's changing the Constitution. But St. Louis County and St. Louis City can vote based upon the, the, uh, the ability to do that. That's, that was done earlier in the Constitution. So when groups like Better Together want to have a statewide vote, Maybe it's because they know St. Louis County and St. Louis City are not going to be for it.
2: Exactly, and to confuse matters, in other parts of the state, people aren't going to really turn out. And however it is worded on the ballot, and we all know that wording could mean that you're actually voting yes when you mean no, and no when you mean right. yes. What a what a tremendous fiasco that's going to be for us. And again, to have the whole state vote on something that is going to impact this region. I think is totally something that should not even be considered.
1: Well, I I had an opportunity to listen to an interview that he did recently a little bit on Better Together, and what he did state there was that we have done some things very, very well, as he said in the interview here, and there's things we haven't done well. Let's continue to build on the things that we've done well and move towards a point where we could say, is this something that we really want to do to get back together to I don't want to use the, to consolidate some things back together. But he said, you know, we've done these large things. Well, let's continue to build on that. He su- suggested maybe healthcare is something that we need to tackle next as a region. And not just St. Louis City and County, but St. Charles County and, and some of the Illinois counties also as, as a regional kind of approach to healthcare.
2: care. I think also transportation Absolutely. is one of the regional issues. Absolutely. It makes no sense that our metro system stops at the airport when you've got such a large population further out I-70 into St. Charles County, we should have a, I see it as being more like what we have in Chicago where you could actually get on the Metro and get to where you're going fairly easily. Now, wherever the metro is, you have to take another bus somewhere else to get to really where you're going. And so to me, that's not a really good system, unless, of course, you're going downtown to the ballgame. Well, okay, and, that's a good one
1: right there. Yeah, and those are those are some things that metro needs to work out also as it relates to security yes. and safety and giving people confidence to ride metro and reliability. You know, the bus system in, in St. Louis City uh, specifically, I'm thinking about, uh, many times is, is good, but many times is lacking, especially for a lot of people who depend on that for their transportation to get around.
2: Ex- absolutely. Just try to go to Merrimack College from Merrimack, you know, the community college in Kirkwood from Webster. It could take you an hour to you get out there. You might be able there. to
1: get there faster if you walk. <laughs> That's right.
2: Well, <laughs> okay. You know, but, but little things like that make a region viable, and if you don't have a good transportation
1: system, then you're really just a small town. Well, and it talks about who are the people that really should be involved in that decision-making. It's, yes, it is the citizens. Right. But yes, it is also the larger business community. And yes, it, it is... Uh, it are the people that we elect, the politicians. They should all, you know, everybody has to give up something to get something. That's right. And what are what are we willing to give up? What are, what are the business leaders willing to give up to get? What are the politicians willing to give up to get something better for the entire region? Those are some things we need to think about. So next week, we're going to dissect better together. I'm going to take a look at that 160-page document this week and take a look at it. Uh, then, Two weeks from today, Dr. Terry Jones will be back. Uh, He will be live, and we will be talking about Better Together, his ideas based upon what he's read, his thoughts and comments, as we kind of uh, continue to chew on this and hash this through. So those are some things that that are coming up.
2: Well, I think that by the end of uh, the next couple of weeks, we should have solved this problem. We've got so many things that we have to solve, Arnold, so little time.
1: Well, we're going to solve some more in the second hour when we talk to artist Anthony Goode. And also, we want you to stay tuned for our History Helps. It's going to be an exciting thing. This is Arnold Stricker with Ellie Wharton of In Tune. You're listening to KWRHLP, 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri.